Gallon podcast that is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. McCowan with Shannon. Have you? I know you've been in Edmonton a lot. You're back home, obviously, as we can see. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Have you spent much time watching spring baseball? Uh, I got actually. I got into the World Baseball Classic at the end, and I've you know with the the earlier start times out in the West, I would come back to the hotel room and catch an inning or two. I haven't watched that much, but. Uh, boy, it's, it's nice to see sunshine. I can tell you that. <laughs> nice, yeah, sunshine and people in short sleeves. Yeah, it's yeah. Been, it we don't. Nice. We didn't have that in Edmonton. Now you don't. We really haven't gotten that much of a sense of what this new Blue Jay team will look like, because unless you're watching the first two innings of a ball game, you're probably not seeing starters. Right. And have we seen a game in which all nine guys or eight guys who will start the regular season for the Blue Jays? have been playing at the same time maybe once i don't know i I can't remember one so it'll probably be when the season starts so we'll get our our first look at this team and what what, why that is interesting is because there are significant changes especially in the outfield yeah you you know the, the one thing bob i would say is the last two years particularly this was a classic case of over promise and under deliver and so the the you have to be cautious i think with this team um, you, you know, there, you know, we, we've been burned before with this baseball club where they have, we all thought that they were going to win the American league East. We all thought they were going to be a dominant team and they scraped into the playoffs. So if we start hearing people talk about, you know, winning the East, you know, long playoff run, just put an asterisk beside it and hold your horses. And let's see what, with the new ballpark stuff, let's see what this team does. And uh, and and I'm in a wait and see mode right now, as opposed to just predicting they're going to be the best team in the East. I get it. Well, let's talk about the Blue Jays and spring training. Dave Hodge and Rob Longley will join us in a moment. We'll be back after this. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the Bet Rivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money. Anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex. Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. BetRivers.com. Dave uh, Hodge is with us. Rob Longley is uh, with us as well. Um, We have been watching this Blue Jay team through spring training. And one thing we've come to know over the past years is that spring training is a very misleading or can be a very misleading thing. But is there anything, Hodge, that you have seen that has given you the suggestion that maybe this team is in in position to, you know, maybe be a World Series kind of club? Yeah, I think you look at the roster and you look at what's happened around uh, around the Blue Jays with uh, injuries to Yankee pitchers and uh, um, other teams that uh, would appear to be in something of a mess, the Red Sox. Um, the Orioles can hit, but they can't pitch. The Rays can pitch, but they can't hit. And the Jays should be able to do everything. But you're quite right. Every year we watch spring training and uh, we wonder if what we're seeing matters once the season starts. And the answer is the same every time. Don't know. And so for the Jays, uh, you say, Kakuchi, question mark. I await your answers. Well, Kikuchi is a, I've got him written down as something I, somebody I want to talk about, or somebody we have to talk about, especially after his performance yesterday. Nine strikeouts, I think, one walk. This is a guy who was, I mean, I would have bet against him being, you know, the fifth starter, at least by choice. 
this season, Longley, but uh, he has pitched so well. He pitched so well yesterday. Do you think he has found something? You know, as anyone who asks me about Yusei Kikuchi, my answer is talk to me in a month. And I think that's really the only way we can look at it. Because as you say, Bob, I mean, how many times have we misread what happens in spring training um, and, and projected that into a regular season and only only to see, to see it become meaningless? Now, having said that, um, I saw him pitch four times down there, and he was a completely different animal than he was last last summer. Um, obviously, so, his stuff was decent. His stuff was decent, uh, which which they always claim that he's had. But just the way he carried himself, he, he was pitching with confidence, um, and he was pitching with with some rhythm. He was probably the slowest starter on the staff last year, but I think he's one of these guys where the pitch clock is actually helping him because it's it's allowed him to get out of his own head a little bit and and and. Uh, and find a rhythm on the mound. Um, and the more guys he strikes out and he struck out a bunch of them yesterday, uh, the more confidence he gets. And I think it, you know, he came into camp with, with the idea of seizing that fifth starter spot, not realizing there wasn't really a whole lot of competition and he's done that. So, so let's see what he is. The Jays don't need him to be Alec Manoa or Kevin Gosman. They need him to be a, a, a reasonably competent fifth starter, a guy who can, maybe pitch five or six innings and, and and then get them back to the front of the rotation. But so far, so good. He's a, he's, a, he's definitely a different guy mentally than he was uh, most of last year. But, but isn't the caveat, Rob, that, you know, there were times last year for one or two innings, he showed some signs and then he fell apart? Yeah. Um, and it, to me, it seemed like when he got into a little bit of trouble, he couldn't get out of it. He walked a lot of guys last year. Now he's walked some guys this spring. And when he's done it, he he's managed to get out of it, whether it's inducing a ground ball or whether it's striking out guys. Like I said, he's had a bunch of strikeouts. And I think that, you know, like many of the Jays pitchers right now, um, he's kind of buoyed by the defense behind him. This this team is going to be much better defensively uh, than they were last year, not just through the acquisitions, but the way that they've gone about their work at spring training. I mean, you see there every, every morning, even game days, they would be doing um, – They'd be doing uh, defensive drills uh, at at noon or eleven thirty in the morning before a one o'clock start, and, and and I think that you know the sense is that taking care of those small details is going to carry over into the regular season, and it's going to benefit uh, pitchers as much as anybody. Well, let's assume that the spring training is meaningful. Um, Kikuchi wasn't just the best Blue Jays pitcher; hasn't been in the spring. He is the best major league pitcher according to an ERA of one with 25 strikeouts in 18 innings. And uh, Rob is quite right. All they want or all they wanted from him was to keep them in the game every fifth day. Um, And this would suggest that he could do that. And maybe it suggests that he's not the fifth starter. He's higher in the rotation if he can continue this form. I I think it's the best of the news in the spring for the Jays. as well, they didn't get anybody hurt in the WBC, um, like other teams, um, Mets, Houston, um, Guerrero and Kirk didn't go, of course, Barrios uh, had his Puerto Rican pride hurt, but uh, his his recent spring training start was a good one. Otto Lopez looked good for Canada. I didn't see Spencer Horowitz for Israel, and that's about that. Um, so I think uh, to this point, and the three leading home run hitters in the spring, again, if it means anything, tied Springer, Bichette, Guerrero. And that's the way it is supposed to be. Uh, the interesting thing about Kikuchi for me is that even as badly as he has pitched at times for the Toronto Blue Jays, the coaching staff, the organization seem to have some level of confidence in him, a confidence that, that you know, I couldn't get my head around. I couldn't figure out why they, why they kept giving this guy chance after chance. But I guess they feel, they know better than I, David, that uh, that the guy's fastball is pretty good for a left-hander. He's 95-plus. I mean, the guy can throw hard. His breaking ball moves. His problem really was control. Yeah. And I guess I always felt that they could fix that. Maybe they have. Maybe it's the pitch clock. I don't know what the answer is. But, you know, if this guy is what they think he can be, this is a pretty good-looking rotation right now. 
Well, it's it's easily the best. Uh, you know, is it the best in baseball? I don't know. It's the best I can think of right uh, right at the moment. Again, if uh, Kikuchi is uh, anything like this, and if Barrios can be anything like his his last uh, his last start, the thing about Kikuchi is even when he wasn't any good, he could strike people out. And um, you know, baseball people look at uh, guys who you know they say he, he misses bats. I mean, if you can strike out, strike out batters, you get something to work with. There are a lot of pitchers who, you know, you, they better be ground ball pitchers or easy fly ball pitchers because they don't have strikeout stuff. He does, uh, even when he wasn't any good. That, that's a really good point, Dave. Um, you know, and they have raved raved about it. the coaching staff has raved about his stuff, right? We hear that a lot in baseball, but swing and miss stuff is rare and. For a team that didn't have, doesn't have a whole lot of lefties, uh, to have a guy like that with that stuff, I mean, you don't want to give up on him. The other thing is they gave him three years, $36 million. They don't want to quite walk away from that just yet. Um, and that's why, you know, they're half banking on him having a good offseason and, and coming into this in, into this year with perhaps lower expectations, as we said. Um, but, but just hold down that fifth starter's spot be a useful guy in the rotation um, and and turn it around to, to the to the studs at the front end and the stuff has always been there you know he's, he's throwing fastballs 97 98 miles an hour and and, and swing and miss is big in baseball these days so he, if he can deliver just a little bit of that they they might be okay with him at his, worst, at his worst last season um it was i applauded the uh the commentary because it was uh unlike much of what we hear on the on the Blue Jays broadcast. But Joe Siddle said simply, you cannot put Kikuchi back on the mound, period. Yeah. Uh, that's how bad he was, and I agreed with that. Um, well, he's back on the mound and uh, and he's looking uh, yeah. and he's looking great. And as I say, I mean Gosman hasn't given up an earned run. But no, it hasn't been at his best. Bassett's got all these different pitches that everybody uh, seems to be intrigued by. Um, and as I say, Barrios is a, is a coin flip. You're going to see his best or his, or his worst. If they can harness his best, then, you know, the Yankees uh, advantage, one of them anyway, if you like the Yankees was that they could put a pitching staff together that would uh, be called the best in baseball, but it included Frankie Montas who's done, with Tommy John surgery and Carlos Rodon, who will not start the season to be on the injured list for, for who knows how long. So there's three of the five that were supposed to be uh, among the uh, best in, uh, in baseball. So the Yankees got that problem and, and others right off the bat. And the Jays don't, you know, the Jays are healthy. Now, next question <clears throat> is with the injury history to people like Springer and Kiermaier and, you know, go down the list. Um, injuries can play a big yeah. part on any team, but right now, I mean, the Jays have to be uh, have to be very happy with uh, the way they look, the way they feel, and the way they're playing. Rob, one one last question. One one last question from, from me about Kikuchi. Um, how much did Pete Walker work with him before camp started? Was was this a was this a long haul operation all the way back to November? Uh, they, they consulted with him right after the season, and he did did spend some time with them in Florida, during, at, you know, at parts of December and January. But he was there, right? Like he was there um, b- before most of the other pitchers, and 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 Pete had a good chance to to work with them early on. And they, you know, they concentrated on a few things, but uh, uh, you know, a little bit on his delivery, but a lot on the mental side of it. Just just be the pitcher who you know you can be, and. And he responded, he's kind of an interesting dude. Like he's, he actually has a fair bit of confidence in himself. Um, it's just that when games unraveled for him last year, he, he just didn't know, to, know how to deal with it. But you know what, whatever the sample size is so far, 18 innings or so, it's, 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 it's uh, spring training baseball. So it's not enough to get too carried away, but it's definitely, as Dave says, probably one of the big, the big positives uh, out of spring training. Hodge mentioned the Burrios situation. So our, the last two starts for Barrios, one in the World Baseball Classic where he was horrible and one at spring training in which he was pretty good. So which one is the real one is the question I guess we ask now, Longley. 
Well, we'll see, right? Um, he has He's a guy who did really uh, change a lot during the, the offseason. He worked a lot on his delivery. He spent his time in Florida. He, he, was, uh, he's, he was basically there from, from December on, um, determined to, to be better than he was last year. Now, if, if you listen to the, the Blue Jays people talk about what went wrong at the WBC, you can maybe buy into that if you want to be a glass half full guy. Um, they didn't like the sequencing of pitches that he used um, when he got lit up in that in that blow up game at the WBC. Uh, his brother in law made an error on, on a routine ground ball to, to get a guy on base uh, early in that inning. Uh, but the simple fact is, you know, he 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 uh, he was what he was like a lot of times last year when when things didn't go his way. He really got lit up and. They barely made it into the second inning. A lot of five earned runs, and 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 that was it. Came back in his in his most recent preseason game and and looked looked much better. He had a little bit of swing and miss stuff there as well, but uh, we're not going to see until two or three starts in. I do wonder if maybe he wasn't a guy built for the opening day start that he had last year. Maybe he's a guy that's better suited towards the the back end of the rotation. And if he's slotted behind Bassett and ahead of Kikuchi, maybe that's a good spot for him to sort of find his game again and be a be a credible uh, major league starter so we've it looks like we hope we are hopeful that the rotation then is in good shape assuming that what we've seen from kikuchi is real and extendable what about the bullpen hodge we we've seen there's some changes in the bullpen do you have any level of confidence in them right now well, Romano, of course. Uh, Swanson is a question mark, uh, and where he uh, where he pitches is it the seventh inning? Is it the eighth inning? Uh, uh, Rob can uh, weigh in. I I think when they when they made the trade, um, they had the eighth inning in mind for Swanson, and Garcia was pretty good there. But I think they think he'd be better in the seventh inning and. So the addition of of uh, Swanson at least adds adds an arm. Uh, I think the bullpen leading up to Romano is is fine. I don't think it's the best, uh, but if the starters are the best, um, then you don't need as much from the bullpen as as uh, they wanted uh, in um, in the past. Yeah, you, so you need I wouldn't worry about the bullpen. the bullpen. Is what my quick answer. Yeah, but Dave, you need in this era, you need something from the bullpen all the time, don't you? Oh yeah, but well, as I say, something if if something is the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings, and those are the three guys, <laughs> and you're leading up to one of the best closers in the game, uh, then um, there's a lot of teams that can't say that they're in that kind of uh, kind of shape. There are there are teams that would say that their bullpen is better than the Jays, um, but I don't. I don't think it's a it's a problem, and I know we've talked before about you know the power arm that isn't there, um, but if you're getting them out, um, it doesn't matter how. I guess but to one of to one of Dave's points, um, Kevin Gosman told me last week that we did make that bullpen work too hard last year. So if you can on more nights than not, you can get five, six, seven innings out of your starters, then you're going to have a bullpen that's going to be more durable and more effective. Um, I, I think that Swanson's going to be a good addition. I think that Jimmy Garcia's Jimmy Garcia's look really good um, in, in spring training, and, and he played in the WBC. But his fastball's been up ninety seven, ninety eight miles an hour, and and I kind of hate myself for going down this rabbit hole, hole again. But something something in me suggests that maybe, maybe, maybe Nate Pearson will be a guy that's really effective in leverage situations. If you watch the end of that game yesterday. He, he threw more than half a dozen fastballs, uh, 100 miles an hour plus, struck out four in, in one and a third innings and, and actually looked like a closer. Now, there's so many question marks with this guy. Can he handle it mentally? We've, we've been down this road too many seasons with him. But his stuff as a baseball, people say, is electric. You know, And if, if he can be anywhere near that kind of a guy that you can trust in the seventh and eighth inning situation, now all of a sudden you got Romano, you got Garcia, you got Swanson, you got Pearson. That's a really solid back end of a bullpen that the Blue Jays haven't had in in many many years. Well, the odds. Uh, do you think the they are committed? Sorry, do you think they are committed to <clears throat> Nate Pearson as a reliever, or do you think there's still any thought that they 
that turned him into a starter? I think they've abandoned starter for now. I think they've, they've said, let's get you in the major leagues and see if he can be effective at anything. And all signs point to that. And then they've had him work a few times this year where they've tried to have him get an up and down so that he's, he's pitched parts of two innings. So, I mean, that would suggest that you, you see him as more of a, a sixth inning guy. Um, but they have, for now, anyway, they've abandoned the whole idea of, of him being a starter and, and are trying to capitalize on, on, on what is, what still is a really good power arm. Um, and perhaps a little bit more versatile. He's another guy who's like, he's not a kid anymore. Right. And, no. and he struck me as being a little bit more mature and a guy who's got a better sense of himself uh, during spring training than he ever did before. Mm-hmm. He, he often to me had that deer in the headlights look and he, he doesn't have that anymore, which may serve him well. And you, you see him on the roster to start the season, Rob? Uh, not necessarily. I think he's, he's, he's in the mix. I think Zach pops in the mix for that, that spot as well. But he's got options, so they can move him up and down from Buffalo at will in, in the early going if need be. So, um, if he doesn't make it for the uh, if he doesn't make the opening day roster, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect that it would be very long before before you see him back with with the big team. Well, listen, call me an old man, but I mean, what I hate, and I, I think Hodge, you're probably with me on this, is that starters today are not throwing very many innings. We know that. And most, most of the time it's the fifth or sixth inning. Isn't a big question about the blue Jays bullpen going to be, is the manager prepared to let these starters go an extra inning? You know, get, can we see guys get into the seventh inning? Is it possible? We will see an eight inning start. Uh, A complete game would be almost off the, out of the question this day and age, but you never know. Is there any indication that this organization or this manager might go to the bullpen later than he has? Well, there have been times when Alec Manoa wanted to go nine innings and they wouldn't let him. They probably could have. Kevin Gosman uh, will give them, uh, I think, six, seven innings regularly and maybe more. Um, Bassett to be determined. Barrios, if he's on. Uh, could go, uh, you know, a fair distance. And Kikuchi, we don't know. I think it's asking a lot uh, from what we've seen to say that uh, he's going to be still uh, doing this in the in the seventh inning. But, um, right, uh, you know, <laughs> the bullpen did uh, do too much last year, and it wears out uh, at the end of the season. Um, you know, Garcia had a good season, but he wasn't. It wasn't great at the end. Um, and, um, you know, it goes for Mesa and, you know, all the way down the line, those guys did a lot and uh, did too much. Um, and at times the starters, uh, you know, it's a, it's 162 games and, and these guys are hanging at the end of the year, uh, a lot of them. And I, you so how hope is that possible? you'd hope, you'd hope that, that this, this staff is, is ready to, be handled properly and, and not to, uh, not to show what happened at the end of the season, which, which was a complete, uh, obviously more than one game. They just weren't pitching as well uh, late in the season as, as you would have hoped. But they, they had an eight, nothing lead in that last game they played <laughs> last year. And it was the bullpen who principally gave that up. And it's, I, in my mind, it's be, it's partly because at least that this team was of the opinion that starters only go so far, only throw so many pitches and get them out as fast as you can. Well, they went to the bullpen and the bullpen was a disaster in that game. But it was reflect that was reflective of an entire season of using the bullpen and as by their own admission, using the bullpen too much. So are you prepared to let your starters go longer? And we can talk about guys being tired, starters being tired at the end of the year, Dave. But the truth of the matter is you and I, lived through an era where, where mm-hmm. guys threw 250, 300 innings without blinking. Without blinking. Are these guys such babies that they can't pitch that that long? Like, no, do you I'm think there's, there's a guy out there that could, can't pitch 250 innings? Uh, important point on that, Bob. I mean, I don't think these guys are babies. Alec Manoa would pitch 15 innings if you'd let him. And and I wouldn't I wouldn't be putting this on John John Schneider or Charlie Montoya or John Gibbons or whoever managed uh, this team under this regime. These calls aren't coming from the manager. They're coming from the front Fair office. Enough. And, and the, 
and, and that's not going to change. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I've, I've, I've been told that, you know, mid game word would come down to, to the dugout that this guy's done now. And, you know, if Kevin Gosman's looking good after six innings and you don't want him to go a third time through the, through the batting order, because your analytics say that's, that's the way it should be. Well, that's just the way they're going to, they're going to continue to, uh, to manage this team. And it's not John Schneider. John Schneider is taking his orders from above. I'm, I've seen that firsthand. Before we go to, I, before I, we I go to break. True. Oh, we got to do the break. No, before, no, before, before we go to break, just one quick question. Robbie, we, we haven't talked very much about the, their biggest pitching free agent acquisition. What is Chris Bassett? What does he look like? Is he going to fit in? I think he's going to fit in great. I mean, from what we haven't seen a lot of him in games, he's, he's had a, he's had a couple uh, where he's had minor league starts and whatnot. And he's, he's been, he's one of these guys because he's a veteran. He doesn't, he worries nothing about performance early on. He's just getting, getting his, uh, his pitch mix in there and his sequencing and building up his arm. But um, just the, the variety of pitches that he has, he basically has nine or 10 different pitches. And um, my gauge would be the reaction of, of his teammates. His fellow pitchers are in awe at, at, at the way that he can approach a ball game. He doesn't have like the, the killer fastball is his velocity. Velocity isn't crazy high, but it's, it's sneaky high thanks to his delivery. But, but, but the main thing is, is he, he, he keeps uh, hitters, uh, off guard and and I think when you have a guy like that in a in a rotation and you put him between or behind him and or or a Gosman, it's it's really effective when you're in a four game series and and uh, t- and hitters on the opposing team are are seeing dramatically different looks like that. That can be a, that can be a valuable tool and I think that he's going to be a, a really strong addition to that rotation. All right, let's take the break. Uh, Longley and Hodge are with us and we're talking baseball. We'll be back after this. When was the last time everyone agreed on what's for dinner? You want Chinese food, they want pizza, and someone is always craving Froyo. Well, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. Ordering is easy. Open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with our default contactless delivery setting. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BOBCAST23. That's 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BOBCAST23. Don't forget, that's code BOBCAST23 for 25% off of your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. We are back on the Bob McCowan podcast. I am the aforementioned McCowan. John Shannon is with us. Longley and Hodge are uh, are with us from uh, their relative homes. You know, I think back often, I uh, have this spring to 1992, and the Toronto Blue Jays won a World Series. And then during that offseason, Pat Gillick, the then general manager, made no fewer than 12 roster changes, which is really an intriguing thing, and won another World Series. Uh, we the Toronto Blue Jays did not make twelve roster changes. You won't see twelve different guys um, on in the twenty five man roster uh, this year, but they made a number the number of them. Your outfield is completely different in terms of position. Um, a few pitching changes. Should we? Is there reason to be optimistic given that context, Hodge? <laughs> Well, there's reason to be curious as to what uh, the changes will mean. Uh, we haven't yet delved into the uh, into the rule changes, and maybe we you don't want to. Oh, sure. <laughs> but, oh. but well, uh, one of them uh, suggests that there will be uh, many, many more stolen bases this season. So uh, I've asked myself, and uh, I don't know if there's an answer yet from the Blue Jays, but are the Blue Jays going to run? Uh, like other teams are are bound uh, to run or to try. The Jays have Springer and Bichette leading off. Both can steal bases. They have the addition, Varsho, who can steal bases if he can get on base. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't hit the oranges out of the trees in, in, uh, in the Grapefruit League by, by any means. He did hit a homer his last time, but He's he's a he's a, a, a runner and Whit Merrifield, if he plays, is a base stealer. 
So right there, uh, with and Kiermaier, I mean, he can run, uh, not known as a base dealer, but is this team going to be different because it takes advantage of the rules that allow it to steal more bases? Rob, is there any talk around the team in this uh, respect? Oh, they're going to run, Dave. You nailed it. I mean, they've made that quite clear. They're going to be much more aggressive. Um, you outlined all the speed that's that's on in that order. Kevin Biggio is another one who can run a little bit. Uh, even Santiago Espinal, Kiermaier is very fast on the bases. But it seemed like every spring training game that I watched, they were very aggressive that way. They were sending guys left and right, and and they're and they're they they did a lot of work um, on the backfields on on timing it with the. Uh, with the pitch clock and, and taking advantage of, of the opportunities that are going to come that way. So one taking advantage of the, the pitch clock to, to implement uh, more speed into your game two having the speed to execute it and three, having the mindset of being aggressive on the base paths. I think you're going to see a lot, a lot of um, a lot of base running, a lot of base stealing from this team, uh, which is really something that wasn't, wasn't around for the last four or five years. And um, you know, the way they're looking at it is, manufacturing runs let's get runs any which way that we can um let's play better defensively to prevent runs but let's let's be aggressive on the base paths and let, let's take advantage of some of the skills that we have um if you have guys at the bottom of the order that are getting on base guys like Kiermaier who's probably going to hit in a nine spot if he can manufacture walks and and, and get on for the top of that order they're going to score a lot more runs because of it and the other theory is that if you're a home run hitting team which they are and have been and want to be and will be again, presumably. Uh, you know, let's not let's not have a, a two-run homer turn into a solo homer because you get somebody thrown out. Um, but there are times when uh, you should run and there are times when you shouldn't run. And we're talking about uh, decisions on when pitchers should uh, stay in or, or be removed. A, a lot of, of a team's success can be... Uh, what decisions are made and when they're made and if they're made at the right time. So uh, they, they should run because other teams will be in the, and the rules say you should, but you don't want, as I say, you don't want guys thrown out in front of Guerrero. No, I think they'll be judicious about it, but I just think that they're going to take that aggressive mindset in, 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 into the way that they approach their offense. Rob, did you get any sense of other teams thinking the same way when you were down there? Yeah. Yeah, you could see it. You could see a lot of experimentation, right? Um, you know, people, another reason that they were doing it a lot in spring training teams is because the bases are bigger and they wanted to get a feel for how that was going to work, right? I mean, in terms of sliding and, and, and defensively as well. So, yeah, I think you're going to see, you know, smart-minded teams around baseball, as long as they have the tools, as long as they have the speed to do it, they're going to they're gonna try to be much more aggressive than they have in the past. Do you think that the bigger bases are the aid to stolen bases that we th that many thought they would be? Do you think that's that's becoming true? I think we're going to have to see how it plays out. I think the, the guys that are aggressive sliders and and know how to know how to navigate it, navigate this the slightly bigger bases are going to are going to use it to their advantage. It's it's more ground obviously for the defenders to cover. So yeah, I think it's going to I think it's going to add to uh, to, to more um, uh, to more aggression and 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 to more uh, more stealing successful stealing I think it's, it, it pretty much has to bigger well, bases bigger bases are the pitch or the pitch clock neither uh, in my mind it's the uh, it's the pickoff right. rule okay yeah um, agreed you know the the leadoffs are going to be uh, are are going to be uh, greater uh, right off the bat I would think and certainly if the guy goes over there once. And and twice, um, then you know that's where the stolen bases are going to uh, come from with the attempts, anyway. Yeah, agreed. Let's well, talk a little bit about this outfield because if you, you know, we know Springer is going to play right field, a different position than he played. I don't think he played there five times last year, if that. So you've got a completely different outfield, and the outfield offensively, at least was impactful for the Blue Jays last year, both left field and right field. Now, you may be better defensively. In fact, I think we can say unquestionably they'll be better defensively, but they might not be as good as good offensively. What do you think that means, guys? Well, if our show is the, you know, you know what, I think you know what you're going to get from Kiermaier. Uh, 
he's going to hit some doubles and triples and uh, and you're going to have fun watching him race around the, the bases. Uh, Varsho should hit home runs, but uh, can he hit for average? Uh, I don't know that the Jays care if he can hit the long ball as much as they hope he will. Uh, I mean, they care, but um, they, you know, they don't want 180 or 190 or whatever he is now. But he was only what 225 last year with the with the exactly. Eagles. So you'd want you'd want more than that, and I think they think they can get more than that. But as yet, we haven't we haven't seen it. I mean, he's defensively uh, nobody has a, any questions about what Varsho can do. And uh, as I say, if he gets on base, he can steal, and he's supposed to hit home runs. The question is, uh, you know, how good a hitter is he? Period. Yeah, to me, to me, it's you know, uh, it is a question mark. I mean, the the spin. If you want to listen to the Jays talk about it, is that we're going to save enough runs because we're going to be better defensively, which unquestionably they are, to make up for the loss of Gurriel and Hernandez. Well, let's just see how that unfolds. Um, because as you mentioned, Bob, the durability is a potential issue with the, with this group. Uh, you know, if you get more than 120 games out of George George Springer and Kevin Kiermaier, that's that's almost like a win. Uh, both are a little older. Both are are injury prone. Both have struggled to stay healthy over the last uh, few seasons. Now, having said that, Kiermaier is clearly in in probably the best physical shape that he's been in in, in a number of years after having the hip surgery. And Springer um, has looked great through spring training physically. His elbows surgically repaired. And maybe playing out in right field, the place where he's played a good good number of games in his, earlier in his career, maybe maybe that'll take a little bit of uh, of, of the pressure off of him physically, and, and and he'll be he'll be comfortable enough over there. But where's the offense going to come from? Are they going to get power from Varsho? I think they probably are. Kiermaier thinks that he's going to be a a, um, a much better hitter than he was last season when his last two seasons when his hip was bugging him, but. The Jays didn't sign him to, to for for his hitting ability. They signed him for his defense. So, you know, wh- where's that offense going to come? Is, are we going to get the the 2021 version of Vlad Guerrero Jr. or the 2022 version? Is Bo Bichette going to lead the American League in hits like he did the last two seasons? We'll see. Um, you know, he's been streaky in his career. <laughs> can a healthy George Springer be a meaningful bat, bat in that lineup if you can keep him if you can keep him in it long enough? So yeah, there, there's 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 some reasonable optimism that they're going to replace some of those runs that they've lost, but uh, I, I'm not so sure that that they're going to be a better offensive team than they were last year. How many would, how many games, how many games do you think Springer will play in center field, Rob? Any? Yeah. Oh yeah, he'll he'll well yeah he'll he'll play some over there, and 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 they can move Varsho over there as well because you know Kiermaier is going to going to get and going to need days off, and there's going to be days when Kiermaier will be the DH as well uh, on occasion if it's if he needs a rest or if uh, if the matchup suggests that he'd be a good guy to be be over there. So I think you're going to see more than a handful of games where where Springer's in center field. Uh, will it be will it be more than twenty? Perhaps not, but it's it, it might hit double digits. With well, uh, uh, with these two guys being left-handed hitters, Varsho uh, uh, and uh, and Kiermaier, if uh, it's late in the game and uh, there's a lefty on the mound and the Jays need a right-handed pinch hitter, um, is the 26th man a, a, a question that might be more significant than it sounds, uh, or is you know is that Espinal if he's on the bench uh, as the pinch hitter? But they do have to add. A 26th guy, and I don't know who it is yet. Do you? It seems to me that it's gonna it's gonna be Lopez, Otto Lopez. I mean, he's had a he's had a decent spring. He was he was um, he was good at the WBC as well. Um, what they like about him is what they like about everybody in, in terms of his versatility. They can they feel they can put him in the outfield. They can put him in the infield. They also think that he's good off of the bench, which speaks to exactly your point, Dave. So. Um, uh, while the 26th man uh, spot is sort of like the, the, the last thing we think about, they want a guy that can fit those situations. They're very big on situational hitting, and and I think that, he, that because he's he's looked so good in spring training, uh, that he's basically earned that spot, and 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 he's also a fit for what they're looking for. Well, he answers a need that they've had for a couple of years now, and that's a legitimate fourth outfielder because they've right. looked for that, have they not? 
Somewhat, although they're, they're okay with putting Biggio out there if, if, if need be, and they're also uh, comfortable with putting Merrifield out there. So right. they do have options in the outfield. Um, you know, Merrifield's probably going to be your the closest thing to an everyday starting second baseman. But, you know, when they want to put Espinal in, in in there to get his bat in or matchup-wise, they've got Merrifield as an option to to, to throw out there in the outfield and, and, and Lopez as well. So um, they feel that they're covered that way. And, and you're right, Bob. There was, there was always a question of what were you going to do for that fourth spot. But they've, in their minds, they've got the two to three options that they can go with this year. Biggio as well can play in the outfield. Have they, have they discussed, uh, as other teams have, the two-man outfield. Uh, Major League Baseball, I think, botched the shift ban by not right. applying it to outfielders and, as as well as infielders. And I think there will be a lot of teams, and maybe Major League Baseball will step in and try to stop it. But the left fielder will wind up, you know, where the infielder was in short right field, and they'll spread the other two outfielders and say to Corey Seager or whoever is the the pull hitter that's at the plate from the left side. Uh, you know, here we are back in 2023 or 2022. Uh, you're going to hit one on one hop and we're going to have a guy there throw you out of first base. I don't know if the Jays have done it or will do it, but I think it's going to happen uh, a lot, uh, a lot more than in the spring, because I think managers have said, let's not make an issue of it yet. Right. Yeah, I think the question in my mind is how do you how do you mandate three outfielders? What what rule do you put in place? A sensible one, Bob. Well, I understand (laughs) that, Dave, but it's easy to say, okay, you gotta have you can only have two infielders on one side of second base. You can't say that with the outfield. You can't you can't make your center fielder play in one position, can you? Or can you? Well, I, you can draw an imaginary line, sure, or or even a real line, uh, straight from home plate to to the center field wall, and say that uh, there must be two outfielders on either side of it, and uh, and obviously the center fielder doesn't have to stand right on the line, but just you know just say to the managers, look, here's what we're trying to do. I understand uh, that. Put put a guy in left, put a guy in center, and put a guy in right, and play baseball. Uh, and that they have allowed the managers to this point anyway to try to fool with it and and still shift, albeit differently, uh, is, I think, just an oversight. And my goodness, they made every other rule that they could possibly think of. I mean, you know, the, the potato chip ad that says you can't eat just one, and no, you couldn't, and you weren't supposed to, but you know, three or four would have been nice to go with a sandwich. Well, Major League Baseball ate the whole damn bag. I mean, they started changing rules. They didn't stop until they had made rules for the bat boys and bat girls. If you've read far enough into the the rule changes, and Major League Baseball is able to fire these youngsters if they're taking too long doing their duties. I mean, if common sense doesn't prevail in the field, it could be a mess, and it and it could spoil what I think at the top of the rule change list uh, is is all good for baseball. Well, I think that's a valid point. So let me ask this question. Is there one of these three big changes that was made that you would not have made this year in order to try and keep the game looking similar to what we've seen? Uh, you don't want to get rid of the pitch clock because it's been a tremendous success, do you? Is the Is the bags... An, uh, an issue is 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 that going to change the game dramatically? Like, is there one of these these three big ones that you would not have a change? Well, the, the bottom line is you is the bottom line is that you may not even notice the shift rule. Correct, Dave? No, and it, it, uh, as as I say, it, this all this is all to be played out. Uh, but I don't think they they buttoned this down uh, the way they should have. In answer to Bob's question, I, I'd have held off on the on the on the pickoff uh, limit. I, I think that's a little much, and I know you want uh, more stolen bases and more runs and more excitement of that sort. Um, but I think 
I think maybe that's that was one change too much, yeah. and then everything that followed it probably yeah. would uh, would be the same in in my mind. Um, not that eventually you couldn't get around to uh, to limiting uh, pickoffs, but that together with everything else that they're trying to do just seems to be a, a little bit uh, a little bit too much at the, at this time. Hey, before we let you go, um, this will probably be the last time we talk about it, but the World Baseball Classic. What did you guys think? Did you enjoy it? Were you there from the opening pitch? Rob, what did you what did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? It grew on me, John. I mean, I, I must admit I was a little bit skeptical going into it. Um, you know, the whole idea of best on best is, should be the appeal of these tournaments, and and, and it didn't have that, and it it. it it can't with the, with the, with the timing of the year uh, where it is in the, on the calendar and, and with the, you know, not all the teams completely buying into, to wanting to have their players there, not all the players completely buying into it, right. but man, did it ever grow on you? If you start, when you start to watching, watch the games, especially when it got to the, to, to the elimination stage, uh, it was pure excitement and, and pure, um, pure promotion for the game. What could be good about the game? And, as you know, John, you've done a lot of it in your career. There's something about international events that uh, that that makes it easy to buy in, both for the participants and and for the fans and the viewers. Uh, when the emotions get the, the way that they did with with the, the with the Mexican team and the Japanese team and even the American team, um, so a lot of good from it, and 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 maybe a good jumping stone towards the towards the future, but. To me, until it uh, it gets closer to best on best, and it gets closer to guys being in some sort of uh, form that's more resembling what they are in the middle of a baseball season, uh, until it gets to that point, it, it still it still has some growing to do. But this 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 year's version of it may was certainly was the was the best yet, and 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 should be a springboard for it going forward. But the truth of the matter is, and you alluded to this, it isn't best on best yet. It's a it's a bunch of of good players playing events against a bunch of good players like that American lineup, as good as it may have been, could have been much better. If everybody, I mean, were the five best pitchers in baseball there, the five Aaron best Luke pitched in that game, Bob, that gives you an idea. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. Not, uh, not on the U S team, the best pitchers in baseball, Japan had one. Uh, or more. They yeah. Or, or more than one. Yes. I, I want to know what the Japanese movie rights uh, mm-hmm. will will cost. A uh, movie has to be made, produced by Shohei Otani, directed by Shohei Otani, and starring Shohei Otani himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it'll be. Uh, I agree with. I agree with Rob that the start, first of all, was confusing as hell, uh, and a lot of international tournaments have formats that boggle the mind and and. And in hockey, too, I say, uh, I want to wait until the losing team is eliminated before I really get interested because the round robin can be and is very often meaningless. Uh, And in this case, you know, tell me how Cuba qualified out of a five-way tie. I don't need that. I like the WBC to be in the middle of the season every four years instead of the all-star game. Uh, That's right. Take a take a week out of the regular season if you have to to make a two week break, and make this uh, baseball's best version of of soccer's World Cup, and have all the players in midseason form, all of them or most of them wanting to be there to represent their countries, and it can be better than it was, but it may never end better than it did. Right, right. guys, we got to go. We're out of time. Longley Hodge, we love you. Thank you very much for taking time today to be with us. We appreciate it greatly, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Enjoy the season. Thanks, guys. We'll be back. John and I will be back in just one minute. Our thanks. We are back, and our thanks to uh, Dave Hodge and Rob Longley for joining us today, John. Uh, We did talk much about second base. Who do you think should be the starting second baseman? And do you think you'd be better off if you had a guy who was really 120, 130 games at second base? I'd like to see a regular second baseman. Yes, I really would. Uh, you think you will? Said, I, I have. I don't know, but that because I I do think that Merrifield's versatility will will not allow him to do that. You know, in in essence, won't it all depend? As we talked about with the boys, 
on the health of the outfield. Because who's, I mean, if, if you're going to move somebody from their position, you're going to say, well, Merrifield's going to go to the outfield and Espinal's going to play second base. Yeah. So isn't, isn't unless, that unless Lopez, unless Lopez emerges, Otto Lopez emerges as a legitimate outfielder. You know, I'm that, not sure isn't that, that a, isn't that a big if right now? Sure it is. So I, I, I would love to see Merrifield at second base 120 games. I really would. I'd like to see some stability in the infield all the way around. And I, I think that's important. I, I don't disagree with you. And Merrifield is a proven uh, commodity. But Espinal was such a good player and played so well at second base up until the middle of the season last year. And he went into a slump. And while other guys go into slumps and are forgiven for it, yeah. that wasn't the case with him. They no, did right. forgive him. They pulled him. Well, because because by then they had made the trade, right? By then they had made the trade. And Merrifield. But why was did there. they make the Why did they make the trade? Well, they made the they, trade. Because they made they the felt, trade for outfield. They made the trade for outfield, Bob. I get it, but still, I think if you have a legitimate second baseman, I thought Espinal was that guy. Yeah. I don't think I don't think you mess with it. Almost regardless of what he's sitting over a short period of time. In any event, fascinating. You know all the stuff we talk about. You know the three constants: Bichette, Guerrero, Chapman. We didn't talk very much about three, those three guys because they are ensconced in those positions. Well, they are, and, yeah. and they're going to have. But we can't assume that they're going to play at that level that Robbie talked about. They're they're going to have to deliver for this team to be successful. Those three guys, Matt Chapman may not have hit for average, but he's, he's got to hit a lot of home runs this year, Bob. Well, he did last year. He hit over, well, he almost hit 30, didn't he? Almost 30. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have any question about his ability to hit 30 home runs. I think, I think uh, the guy at first base Guerrero has to hit like he did two years ago. Yeah. And uh, not that he was bad last year, but his power numbers were down fairly significantly. I, I think he's got to hit a bunch. And what I saw in spring training suggests to me, he still can hit the home run and will hit the home run. Yeah. And Bichette, I, I, you have to hope that Bichette with the new contract done for a while, that's uh, not going to haunt him as the season goes on, that, that that will allow him to get back to being a freewheeling, both in the field, if he can improve that, um, and at the plate. Well, and as we discussed, the pitching staff will go a long way to deciding oh, whether sure. this is a good team or not. Yep. But we'll have all year to talk about that. John, have yourself a good weekend. You too, Bob. And you too, uh, to everybody who is uh, watching or listening. We thank you for doing so, and we'll see you on Monday. Goodbye, everybody. 